The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. You know, we officially did not ask yesterday favorite meal from the trip. Oh. You know, it, yeah. you, Troy Coverdale, Dave G with you today. Mitch Fortner's on his way over to Topeka to call Manhattan High basketball tonight at Highland Park. It, just realizing as you and I chat, no, we, we didn't even discuss our best meals of the trip or any of that stuff. You had, um, was when you went down there to Houston, did you go for, are you like Mitch? Are you chasing the labels? Are you chasing the big <laughs> label? Or did you try to go for something a little more obscure? And we, off the beaten path. Actually, the best call that we made, from my opinion, in terms of meal, was on Wednesday, ahead of being heading out to the airport to do the trip home, a fried chicken joint that's in basically what amounts to a, a upper-scale type food court Ooh. in downtown Houston. Wow, Okay. Two Love piece, fried chicken. Two piece and the mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was a little creamier than I than I could handle <laughs> the full batch with. I mean, that was that was some rich stuff. Yeah. Um, so that 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 one ranks as as my view on the the best of the of the food. But I'm a big fried chicken guy, unfortunately, right. in some ways. <laughs> fried um, chicken's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> so that's the the two piece and mac and cheese from where was this? Uh, this was called Lit. Lit. Appropriately enough. Very nice. Yes. Um, Finn Hall was the location. So it wasn't too far from where our hotel was, just about a block up. But, you know, Mitch got his Whataburger, so he uh-huh. might he might argue that, though. He had a few other places that he sampled out. We did do Shake Shack. Nice. So we got to got to enjoy that. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, you know. And the, and the Bull folks had had good brisket. Oh, yeah. Night of. So the 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 stuff that you got at the game, yes, pretty good stuff. Was solid. Nice. Was solid. I mean, it. it I would have. I would have preferred a stand a different uh, barbecue joint in general. I'm sure, but you know, it, it it was it was workable. Right, Texas barbecue. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Vinegar in the sauce. Come on. I really? know. Wait. What are they doing? Yeah, he's still better than mustard, but you know, <laughs> I, I I love barbecue arguments. It's always hilarious, isn't it? Anyway, okay, so that out of the way. Yeah. In terms of talking experience, the guy who had a good experience, so good that they parlayed it into a new job today, is Colin Klein. That's awesome. Klein named the offensive coordinator at K State going forward, officially. It, the interim tag removed. A little surprised at the swiftness with which this takes place? I wasn't, because I thought it was in the ba- he had it in the bag anyway. I thought that the only way that Colin Klein wasn't going to get the job is if we went we scored no points. <laughs> if it was just a total and complete disaster, or like he got arrested before the game. That's the only way I saw him totally blowing this, because they just kept it so quiet, and they were like, no, nah, I'm not really interviewing anybody. I thought Colin's got the job. It does go back to... The discussions we had with the day that Taylor Bratt was here for the early signing, and 
with what the schedule was doing in terms of the varying approaches of stuff. Right. Because you had, you're trying to coach for a bowl game. You're trying to finish up your early recruiting. You've got the transfer portal taking place. You're then also trying to make determinations regarding your coaching staff. All of it happening in a swirl of about roughly four weeks. And from a schedule standpoint, there's part of me that is almost a little skeptical just because it comes off as the easy decision. It does. And then I look at that schedule and I go, okay, what would you expect to be different (laughs) in the midst of that schedule? You got the squeeze put on you as a coaching staff. Really, really tough. Right in there to do all that stuff. It is. And I think a lot of it plays into um, Chris Kleiman had to let his friend go. He had to let his friend go. And so he turns around and he looks and he goes, do I really want to interview a bunch of guys to take my buddy's job? Or, you know, maybe he and his friend had had a conversation about, you know, Colin, he's ready, man, to take over an offense somewhere. And you know what? But Chris Clement says, that's an easy one then. I don't even have to worry about this. I can focus in on recruiting. I can focus in on bowl preparation and everything else, and I don't have to worry about this. We're going to keep a steady hand at the wheel. Go with Colin. It would be interesting to get in-depth with Clement and go through all of the reasons behind, just for the game itself, yes. the reasons behind it that he elects to make this move. Um because I, I, there is that part of me that as we watched the game develop on Tuesday night, I was impressed with the speed with which the team played. It seemed that it was a much more open tempo than what we have seen in the past. That also means, though, that the communication has to have been upped, has had to have been improved along the way or smoothed out somehow differently than what we saw at times under Messingham and where it would seem like it took forever to get a play call in. (laughs) (laughs) At at what point are you out thinking yourself becomes the question. Uh, Absolutely. And it never felt like we were, that that K-State was out thinking themselves in that game. Never felt that way. Just playing. And, I, I mean, how many times have you wished upon a star, then Malik Knowles would just get open down the field. Like, please, just get some... And then, wow, what do you know? He Mm -hmm. comes up huge, especially at first time. He had some catches where I'm like, where has this been? Look at this guy. And just getting him in the open field, too, fantastic. We talked a little bit as well with Deuce Vaughn. They tried to stretch it out a little bit. The Mm -hmm. LSU defense get to the corner. That's not going to work. In my opinion, in the years past, here recently, we would have continued to see that same kind of play call and it, it, like slamming your head into the wall over and over and over. This has been one of the complaints that I have had about K-State's offense, even going back as far as <laughs> Colin Klein as a player, right? where quarterback power as just the play that you're going to run on first down and teams prepare for it. It's been too much of a wasted play to me. Right. Because it, it became so 
so blatant obvious what was we going know, on. We yeah, know. we know what you're. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it just wears on you as a fan, and it frustrates you to watch because then you're left going, "Why aren't we doing something different? Why sure. aren't we seeing something different? Why isn't this taking right. place?" What we saw on Tuesday night, I felt, was one of the more wide-open playbooks that we have seen a K-State offense have in quite a while. And part of that is not going back to the same plays that didn't work the first couple of times that you ran them. It was right. interesting in the in the early going of the game to have your running plays, at least on the first portion of that first drive especially, get knocked backwards for losses. Right. It took a while for the offensive line and the blocking to be right for Deuce to be able to get yardage as the game wore on. Part of that is you just are wearing down that LSU defense as you went. But I never felt like that K-State was really pressing themselves to have to run the football. Really great day throwing the ball, for sure. And getting a lot of different people some looks, and it was just working. I mean, Skyler had a great game, no doubt about it. He had a fantastic, especially first half. I thought, set the tone. And um, I think people, the LSU guys... We're probably like, oh boy, this is the Skyler we got. <laughs> you know, tonight we got the Skyler who's dropping dimes everywhere, and it really, like you said, it opened up the running game. It really did. The issue then becomes, though, are we placing too much on one game sure. in making this call? Sure, and in, in seeing this take place, and and that's where we weren't. You know, we as fans, we as talkers, none of us have that insight because we're not in the veneer complex every day. We're not at the practices as much as we might want to be every day. I mean, even even bowl game practice. You know, we're, we're not, the, as media, we're not allowed there other than the last 15 minutes of the last practice of the week in preparation. That was one of the things that you and I were discussing in terms of just how how everything played out down there and being a little removed as a member of the media from the activities that were going on. That that was an area where just it was different for me because, again, my bowl game trip was as a band member. Okay, so (laughs) there was that. And literally, we flew in the night before the game, marched in the parade, marched at the game, and had a little time after. And that was really it. I mean, it was... Then you're going home. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but and that was so long ago that, right. you know, it feels like a like another lifetime. Right. So, you know, in many ways for me, this was a trip to live and learn a little. Or more appropriately, learn and work. And learn the things, okay, here's how this operates. We maneuver this way. and And so from that standpoint, okay, it's... Not a huge fun deal. It's you're, it's an experience, and you're there. And we put together the things that we did, and the pep rally was solid. And 
you know, we had fun conversation on Wildcat Insider that day, on Monday, and the game itself. Right. You know, and beyond that, hey, it's work trip. <laughs> that you get to do a few other things, and oh, by the way, here's the corporate card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Crack that baby open. Let's go. You guys had to, did you have to blow the dust off that thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> the no. hand reached in the wallet, and you, you almost had to pluck it out of the, the the hand of corporate in order to get that credit card. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not going to get me in have, that trouble. Have fun, guys. <laughs> it's like you said, too. Do you want to put so much emphasis on one game where the variables are so much different than a like a regular season ball game? And that game specifically. Sure. When you consider... Who was playing for LSU that night? Right. So there's still going to be these question marks that surround this offense going into spring and going into next fall. There, right. There's just going to be. Right. Because, all right, you already know of one replacement on the offensive line that you have to make after Ben Adler made his announcement yesterday. Quarterback Adrian Martinez. Gets the de facto number one. Will Howard's right there. Jake Rubley's in the wings. What do you got going there? You know, there are going to be questions surrounding this team when it goes into the spring. And while you've settled this somewhat by removing the interim tag, let's be perfectly honest, it doesn't settle everything. No, it doesn't. No. Nope. I, it, it will be interesting to watch and see and how this plays out because you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those deals. Here we are still riding on the high of the week, and I think that that's coloring what the, the majority of the fan reaction may be. For sure. For sure. And you got to think the timing on that one's, you know, Friday. Hey, you know, <laughs> in the week. A great, successful bowl week. And what do you know? Yeah, we hired the guy, too. Yeah, they didn't wait till five to they make the did, call, though. They didn't. They, they didn't. They which didn't is do the full-on dump. The, the five at Friday dump is a, one of those things where you have to put that into the equation. You go, wow. Oh, okay. Or, they don't want no one to, re- to remember that one. Or if it's a mask requirement at City Hall, the city of Manhattan will wait until 530 <laughs> to do that. Online only. And, we'll and, release and, it online. On, on, <laughs> just ahead of Christmas. That's right. That's mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> Truth hurts. Um, so yeah, there's there are a lot of questions that swirl in my head about this hiring. Yet, from a from a selling it to the fans point, yeah, I think that this probably is the time you make that move. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think and, people yeah, are way behind it. You know, I, I this I will say, it can't help happen to a better wildcat, right? You know, and as long as as long as Colin doesn't revert to uh, the offense that he ran as a high schooler, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> which a friend of mine once labeled as running an offense from a phone booth. Oh wow! Double tights, one wide out, one running back in him. Oh boy, that I mean, well, you know, sometimes it kind of felt like that. <laughs> they're yeah. like, listen, I mean, I saw a, a perfect example of senior year against KU. He's waiting for a play to come in. 
and he's waiting and waiting, and he he kind of didn't really. He's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And he said, line it up, and he ran it in from the thirty yard line. <laughs> that was <laughs> you know from under center. Colin Klein just ran it in from the thirty. That was him. You know. That's where the experiences and his way of seeing the game can definitely be an advantage. Absolutely. If that picks up that communication, if that picks up the uh, the the tempo in getting plays called and onto the quarterback. Great. Right. We Great. can do all the like I would love to be able to do all the pre-snap stuff without five seconds left on the clock. And I th- you gotta think, Colin Klein, not that far removed from a, a time where he was like, Come on, give me the play. What's going on? What's going on? So I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm really hoping this steps it up and our pace picks up. And we start to get to do those kind of things that we like to do before the, the, the pre-snap stuff. I, I want to see that. One of the interesting things about the way that we have seen this team play in the Chris Kleiman era is that when you look at what Kleiman was doing at North Dakota State, while, yes, they were heavy run, and that was anchored by quarterbacks that could run, they were not necessarily the quarterbacks that were all quarterback power. Carson Wentz wasn't exactly the quickest of guys, but you could run him at the right opportunity. Right. The key there was that he could throw the ball. Trey Lance, as an example, you know, was a different way, and, and Grant Kleiman didn't have Lance as a as a player long to do much with that. But you know, I, I just I just think from North Dakota State's point totals and what they did offensively with their numbers and the like, maybe we'll start to see some of those numbers maneuvering up right for K State now as well. A little offset eye, <laughs> tight end, one tight end look, you know. <laughs> hey, nothing, nothing wrong with shaking it up a bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and that was, when you look at the Bill Snyder era, that was the thing that was always amazing was that we went from how many different looks, how many different styles of our offense that we ran through over the course of coaches' tenure. I mean, the thing, one of the things that stands out to me and will always stand out to me, the standing tight end at the end of the line of scrimmage. We, with the, like the Shad Meyer era cats. Yes. We used to do that a lot. <laughs> no one ever picked up on it, really, and nobody does that stuff anymore. But I always remember those things, like little wrinkles like that, um, that the cats have gone through. Like you said, like the pop passes. You know, the jumping pop passes to a tight end. Like, we never do that anymore. And that was a staple. Uh, Jake Waters did that mm-hmm. 100 times a game. Mm-hmm. And it's people always want to say, well, we do the same thing all the time. I don't think so. I think the the, the thing with, with Coach Snyder was always, we want to control the clock. And th- so that's what we're going to do is control. The, we're always going to hold on to the ball a lot. But we saw a lot of different variations of stuff throughout his tenure. I mean, a ton. And and those who are in the game recognize that. Recognize right. that Snyder was an innovator in many ways with the varying things that he did offensively. It's part of why they had the success at Iowa that they had. Mm-hmm. Chuck Long wasn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, the, the type of a quarterback who could get out and, oh, let's say, race a Kyler Murray. Right. Um, but... Right. 
was a Heisman candidate because of what Coach Snyder was able to put together for an offense around him that made him a better quarterback. And that was how K-State developed this team. And we've, in many ways, we got away from that some. We went from innovation to this is what we're going to do and we're just going to come at you. Right. In the latter part of his tenure and really the early part of this tenure under Chris Kleiman. Right. And now, will this open things up? Let's grow. Big red question mark at the end of that. Will this open things up? Intrigued to see because they sure did on, on Tuesday night. They looked awesome. They looked good, and they, like you said, they looked natural, and they were just playing, just playing football, and I like that. If you want to hit us on Twitter, hit me at uh, Troy Coverdale, and uh, and we'll uh, take your notes and thoughts on the uh, quarterback coach becoming the offensive coordinator. Yes. Colin Klein named the uh, Cats OC today by head coach Chris Kleiman. When we continue, there's an angry Bruce Weber in town this weekend. Whoa! We'll explain why when we continue on the game. I mean, seriously, 13 straight. (laughs) I mean, come on. I shouldn't say much on that. I I really shouldn't, but we'll... (laughs) Go ahead. (sighs) Go ahead, man. Mitch is gone. Well, yeah, it's just that... You, I'm a Broncos fan. I, that's painful. Oh, man. And tomorrow's going to be painful. I, I just know it is, but at least at that point, my pain for this season will be over. Yeah. And, and as someone who's grown up just watching the Chiefs, um, I, I have to say uh, I am so happy that you're in the position that you're in. <laughs> uh, the fall from grace that has happened to this Broncos franchise – is unsettlingly, like unsettlingly, just so amazing. All right, all right. Listen, listen, just because oh. you're happy that it's a return to 50 years ago yes. when the league was founded, oh, I got so you. so happy. So happy. I, I mean, I, you just you get up and you, you – I get up and I go – I kind of, you know, I get my bearings for the day, you know. You about wake the, up and you go – About oh. the only thing that could have made this season any worse for a Broncos fan – would have been if they pulled out the old yellow and brown uniforms oh, yeah. with the vertical socks. Those are bad. Sage is looking at me like she can't believe that I just that, said that. No, they're horrid. The 75 they, and years. The, and the, the drunk donkey on the helmet. Yeah, that one bad. Bad it, logo, bad gear. I mean, they made Wyoming look good, and Wyoming's colors yeah, were the same. Yeah. I just, it's just, I wake up and I clear the crush on my eyes and I go, oh no, I got to go to work. And then I go, oh yeah. And I kind of, my my head tilts up to the sky. I go, oh yeah, the Broncos suck. I forgot a minute. You know, it took a minute for me to get my bearings. And then I go, they're terrible. Six o'clock can't come soon enough, can it? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I go, and I wake Sarah up. I go, Sarah, Sarah, uh, yeah, wake mm-hmm. up. And she goes, what? Is it the baby? I go, no, the Broncos. They're horrible. But they beat her Cowboys, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're just begging for trouble well, I know. I'm, yeah. really, I'm really in the doghouse now. Uh, okay. <laughs> It'll get it. They're going to get somebody this offseason. I can feel it. It's either going to be Aaron Rodgers or it's going to be Russell Wilson, and then they're going to be off to the races. I, just, I don't know. 
I, I just I I don't know. Can I can I ask you something? Cortland Sutton is a guy that is like that he gets a lot of hype, mm-hmm. mostly in the off season. Mm-hmm. When is it that he's gonna? I mean, I know he had a great season last season, but. When is he going to do be the guy? Well, it would help to have a quarterback it who can <laughs> get him the damn ball. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's some correlation there, I think. Yeah, what a concept, you right? Know, it's, you got to have a good quarterback if you're a wide receiver because you run down the field and they throw it to you. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Funny how that works. <laughs> I Yeah. I'm, wow. I, you never really thought of it that way. Uh-huh. K-State basketball tomorrow. Both teams, men's and women's teams, are in Morgantown. Or what should be, I guess, what remains of the K-State men's basketball team as COVID continues to move through. Seven players, one coach. Oh, man. Tomorrow. Marquise Noel comes back from his quarantine as he reached the 10-day window. But Bruce Weber tested positive again today. Oh. Chris Lowry didn't coach the other night. He's still out. Shane Southwell, who did coach the other night, is out. No way. Tested positive. And so the Cats are down to literally one coach, a graduate assistant, and seven players tomorrow against a Hall of Famer. Oh. And a team that supposedly is getting back healthy. Oh, man. Bruce uh, addressed the media today, and let's just say he's not not, not a happy camper. Oh. You know, I had some symptoms, obviously. Uh, started the day of the Oklahoma game. Um, I just thought they were some mild things. I thought I had a cold or something. And, and, it, and then when um, our three big guys tested positive or, or – complained of symptoms on Sunday we had them tested they tested positive um, you know we started looking at all of us and I we made the decision I, I was the first one I think after the players to get tested I tested positive and then obviously it was a, a wildfire after that um, you know I, I I'm on day uh, six today so with the new rules technically uh, I could test out. I I did test this morning. I did not test out. I tested positive again. Um, I was and I was packed and ready to go to practice and go on the trip. And um, I can I cannot be part of it because of the the, the testing out procedure. We had uh, four people total try to test this morning. Players and coaches. Only one tested uh, negative. Um, who could go on the trip. So uh, we also, since the game, uh, we've had some other guys go down, uh, Coach Southwell, Coach uh, Michael, uh, uh, you know, went down. And uh, and and so uh, we're down to Coach Henderson and uh, and Coach Price, Zach Price, our, our GA, will be uh, running. The, they ran practice today and yesterday. And uh, and they'll be on. The, they'll be trying to do their best tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, on at West Virginia. So um, Marquise is done with his ten days. Uh, and so yes, uh, 
yesterday was uh, day 11 and he was, it was, or today's day 11. So he was able to practice. So he'll be available for the game. Uh, You know, so we just, uh, it's just, it's a difficult situation. Obviously it's frustrating. Um, You know, we, there's a lot of programs around the country that are shut down and there's obviously some players places where they've been missing players. West Virginia had some guys missing at Texas, but had the, I, I say good fortune to have a game canceled. So they got to recover and get their guys back. Um, we've just uh, like last year, we, we've stayed around that number where we, uh, according to big 12 rules, have enough one coach, coach Henderson and, and enough players to play. Um, I don't think it's right. I think it's unfair. Uh, I've expressed that to the league office last year. I did this year um, to the, to our administration, but uh, that's the rules and you got to play by the rules. I just hope everyone is playing by the same rules. So, uh, but it's just, uh, you know, it's tough on our guys mentally, it's tough on the staff. Uh, it's just in, but I thought, you know, to, Coach uh, Henderson, Coach Southwell, uh, Coach Michael, and, and Coach Price, I thought they did a great job at Texas of getting our guys uh, to play with energy and passion. Uh, that's the, when we did our calls, when I did our calls with the players after um, this all kind of happened. You know, we just talked about having great passion, energy. You know, you have nothing to lose. You, you fight your butt off. Uh, I thought, you know, obviously great first half. Um, you know, second half, uh, you know, some bad possessions and, um, you know, Texas is a good team and just, you know, I'm not sure if it just kind of took a toll, not having enough bodies, um, uh, especially the big guys, you know, probably took a little toll on, on the game. So, uh, you got a difficult task at West Virginia, um, sounds like, just the report I heard this morning, they got their guys back, so they'll be more full go. Uh, obviously, I don't know if some other guys are missing. We'll just have to see. Uh, but they, uh, you know, their style of play, their, uh, you know, their chaotic pressing and that, uh, you know, play will be uh, difficult for us to deal with and their physicality inside. But, uh, you know, again, we just, you know, all you can do is do your best and, you uh, uh, Coach Henderson and, you know, Coach Price, we were on the phone watching film, Zooming, talking, um, you know, Coach Lowry, Coach Southway, everyone. We've been all trying to help and, and encourage, and I, I, I hope and anticipate our guys to come out with uh, with good energy, and I hope we got to play strong, obviously, against them. Um, got to keep your poise, and, uh, you know, we're going to have to do a good job of uh, – you know, dealing with their physicality inside, uh, you know, with limited numbers. So it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. You got to just make the best of it and move, go forward from there. One of the interesting points that he brings up in that discussion is the fact that you're talking about now on the sideline for the Cats an extremely limited grouping of eyeballs to try to make basically decisions as to what's going on game-wise and and how you adjust. It's hard to manage a game, uh, a college basketball game at a high level with, with one coach. And, and then you got, obviously Zach does a good job, but 
you know, it's just play calls, substitutions. We're trying to monitor Carlton's minutes who, you know, hasn't, he's been injured and now you're going to have to manage Marquise's minutes. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things going on. So as a, as a coaching for coaching, it's hard also. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I was texting and, and, and with the, the coaches on the bench and, and talking to our other coaches, we're all at home trying to help suggestions, you know, because sometimes you see things and things that normally the coaches do during the regular game suggesting and that. So it makes it makes it tough. Um, but, you know, again, it's just it, it is what it is and we got to deal with it. When we come back, I want to talk a little more in depth as to where his frustrations lie with this situation going into tomorrow, because we are seeing, of course, now the NCAA passing or uh, announcing changes to what the quarantine period is. That was verified yesterday. The Big 12 pushed that through today in their uh, rules and the like. And we'll catch up more on some of the thoughts that uh, Bruce brought up there. But yeah, K-State's going into Morgantown tomorrow. Pretty shorthanded is what it is. Welcome to uh, welcome to Big corona. 12 basketball in the life of in the uh, days of Corona. We continue next on the game. Troy Coverdale, David G. back with you on the game. Mitch Fortner will be along in just over an hour for high school basketball tonight. Manhattan High at Highland Park. Girls action to be followed by a boys contest tonight in Centennial League play. Before we went to the break, you heard from Coach Bruce Weber expressing his frustrations in regard to the fact that he and others on his staff and a good chunk of the team itself, won't be in Morgantown tomorrow for the Big 12 matchup with West Virginia. The Cats will go into that game with literally one coach, seven players, bare minimum. Literally the bare minimum. This is the barest of, of what's allowed for a game to take place. Unbelievable. And that's like they were talking about how, um, and you had mentioned how many people it takes to run a program. And do something like take your team all the way from Kansas to West Virginia. That takes a lot of stuff. And it takes a lot of people. And then you get there and you've got the logistics and stuff. And then you've got, oh, a game that you have to play as well. And that stinks that they have to do it with two guys. One, being a graduate assistant. Something that Bruce brought up in the second soundbite that we that we played there in talking about just the eyeballs needed. And the fact that on Tuesday night, with Shane Southwell handling the head coaching duties for that game, that the coaches that weren't in attendance were sending texts, getting messages, relaying information. Just that alone now essentially disappears from from the process. Right. Because who's going to be able to get those messages to the head coach at that. You've got two people, right. two people. Right. I saw, um, I did see somebody was checking their phone during the game. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, I understand that you want to do everything you can as a as a coach to to have the team and and you see something that maybe they're not. But you have to let them coach, man. You just have to let it go. If you're going to be willing to say, that's fine, let's have Shane do it with a couple coaches, I feel like stay off the phone and let him do it and then come back. When you come back and you're in a Zoom or you're at the facility, then you can talk and say, Shane, this is where I would have done it different. At halftime, or halftime. you should have a, at least a Zoom conversation right. set up. Uh, one of the great things that I saw take place during the NCAA volleyball tournament, and it was a shame for my friend Lindsay Oates, the head coach at Northern Colorado. She tested positive uh, for COVID after they won the conference tournament. Oh. Because they had a window of an entire week before any announcement was even made. So somewhere in that week, she tested positive. So that took her out of being able to go to the tournament her assistants were able to handle things, and and that's great. She's got she has on the bench two very capable former head coaches at right. the Division One level that uh, are her assistants, and they're tremendous. I mean, it's a it's a great staff, and I felt bad for Lindsay, but she had Zoom conversations with them in between matches, and you know had the right attitude about it, and that was the approach they took. During the game this time, there's no way no. that any of those messages are, are going to get get to anybody. Right. If you're if, so, coach sitting at his house tomorrow, watching the game is going to be essentially handcuffed. Just sit. You got to watch. The frustration lies in that again. Here you are with an unbalanced roster situation, an unbalanced coaching staff situation. Is it any different than if flu had gone through the program and you guys had the same number of guys out? And you know, no, it's not any different. It's just that in this case, it's coronavirus, and let's face it, we're all just dog tired of coronavirus interrupting any of the things that we want to do. Sacrifice uh, is not a word that we're doing very well in the midst of this. No. Um, we we just aren't, but th- that's that's <laughs> another topic for another day. Um, I fully understand where he's frustrated. I get it, and you know the, the rules were set a certain way, but th- at what point? At what point is playing the game more important? Then ensuring that you play the game with a level-ish playing field. I I don't see, I don't see loading up seven people on a plane plus two coaches, sending them to Morgantown and saying, "Go ahead and roll the ball out there, guys, and give it your best." I don't see the point. I really don't. I don't see how this helps a Kansas State Wildcats basketball team that is in need of some help and needs to get better. I don't see how it helps. It doesn't. And I say that as someone who knows full well that in this game, the lowest of the low dregs in Division One may put themselves in that situation just by how they finance their own program and they'll send their team out as a body bag, essentially. Right. A body bag game. Someone like a uh, Jacksonville comes to mind. 
who was an utter disaster of a program three years ago. Oh, nobody attends their home games. They barely have a roster. And every year it seems like they transfer that roster over and over and over again. But they put together enough of a team, throw together two, three coaches, and they'll go out and they'll play someone for X amount of dollars to fund the university. Not the athletic department, the university. Body bag games. So I'm, I'm fully aware that that happens. That's on the administration of that school. Sure. In this case, this is on the administration of all the Big 12 schools. This is on the presidents making those decisions and the athletic directors making those decisions. Are you making it inherently unfair... to put a team in the situation that K-State is in going into that game tomorrow. How does that help other than you get to say, well, we didn't re- disrupt the game. Fans were able to come. Fans were able to come. I mean, seriously, you're going to put fans in the midst. Okay. Uh, fans were able to come, so they got to have their day. We got to sell our, our beers and our popcorn. Oh, it's okay that they you know, only had one coach and seven players. Cares, and I mean West Virginia. At what point does West Virginia go? Maybe we don't want to play a team that is literally riddled by COVID right now. Maybe that. Maybe we just stay home, guys, and we'll make it up. You can't make up a game somewhere down the line. That's unfortunately where things are rather tight. We know what the schedule is, and trying to make those changes can be expensive, right? And there's nothing to ensure that. Down that line, one or the other team isn't fighting through another round of this. Right, and then it's like, what do we do then? Just cancel it? I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't see the big deal in it, really. I mean, come on. It's not like we don't know what's going on. It's You know what I mean? Like, if it was some mystery thing that was happening, it'd be weird. But it's like, it's corona. I, I think back to... From a historical standpoint, I think back to, say, days when it was the big six, uh-huh. when you when you look at just history, okay? And I have no reference point other than the things that I know in reading record books and history books and, and those things, okay? I don't, I don't go that far back myself. Right. And, but you understand that as conferences became a bit stronger, and intercollegiate athletics became a bit more of a driving force on campuses. After all, it's how we got a specific field house at K-State, for example. You know, it became important, yes, that you had games, but if something caused a situation where a cancellation was unnecessary— because of sickness in it in a program. Nobody thought any better of it. Right. Right. It wasn't worried about. Right. It was understood you did what was best for your players and team. Hmm. Now, hey, what's best for our uh, bottom line? That's right. 400 people in the stands. <laughs> uh, I'll let Dave G talk Chiefs a little again yeah. in the next hour. We continue on the game.